Hey, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for the All Saints Lutheran Sermon Series of Podcasts. We're so delighted that you've landed on this page, and we ask that you contextualize yourself by reading the descriptor. Enjoy, and let us know what you think. John's Gospel describes Jesus as, say it with me, the light of the world. John the Baptist is presented as a witness to Jesus, one who directs attention away from himself to Christ, the true light. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all may believe through him. He himself was not the light, but came to testify to the light. This is a testimony given by John when the Jewish leaders sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked them, what then? Are you Elijah? And John said, I am not. Are you a prophet? No. Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And John said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said. Now, they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, why are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah nor Elijah nor the prophet? And John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know. The one who is coming after me. And I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. This took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Band, come on up to the front row. I'd like to introduce you to someone that's very precious to me. This is my goddaughter up on the screen. I know, right? She is so cute. Oh, wait for it. She's got food all over her face. (laughs) Can you see any light in that child? I got to baptize her about 10 years ago. And her name is named after Santa Lucia. And she has brought life and love and joy into my life and her parents' life for 10 years. And I love that image of the crown of light. And I'm so grateful that Leah didn't use real candles. (laughs) It just would seem like a really bad idea. I know that Tanner would, for sure. He would have. He would have just blown stuff up, but... um, I wanted to share a little bit about this beautiful goddaughter of mine because this idea in the gospel according to St. John is all about light. And we don't often talk about um, St. John that much uh, because it's dreamy. I mean, how many of you have read the gospel of John and gone, what? (laughs) Or have dipped into the book of Revelation and gone, what? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's, it's confusing. And part of the problem with John 
the gospel according to St. John is that it's been weaponized. You've seen it. Everyone has seen the rainbow wig with the guy holding John 3.16. And it's should, ought, and have to. But what they forget is verse 17, which is God came into the world not to point an accusing finger at the world, but rather to give abundant life to the world. That's what we want to talk about today. The other piece of this that, that I didn't really think about um, really until Tanner came along and started, we were doing a lot of work around uh, George Floyd's murder, is that a lot of times people look at the gospel according to St. John and they equate light with good and dark with bad. So we need to be careful for our black and brown brothers and sisters when we make that assumption that that's true. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness it can't overcome it. The darkness cannot overcome it. So I want you to, to think about that and also about language. Because a lot of times I think the Bible, because it's so chocked full of warring language, we end up using a lot of that warring language as well. And it becomes us versus them instead of all God's children or all God's children. All of us contain that beautiful light of Christ that dwells within us and every person that we encounter, regardless of where they come from. Amen? Amen. All right. I want to talk just a little bit about the Gospels today, because you don't often get to have a Bible study. Uh, Not all of you come on Thursday mornings at 10 o'clock, so I thought I'd just prep you on what we do there. Matthew was written to a Jewish audience. And why is that important? Because it's always about context. When I'm writing to Lucy, that's a different letter than if I'm writing to Adele, even though they're both 10. It's a different audience. So I want you to think about that. Audience makes a difference. I uh, like Matthew so much because it starts out with a nice genogram. (laughs) And it brings us through the story. It's one of the longer ones. It has the beautiful Beatitudes, uh, and it resonates with, I think, a lot of us. We hear the stories. Mark, we don't know who his audience was, but we do know that there, it was immediately, immediately, immediately. It's the shortest gospel. If you think you don't have time to read Matthew, read Mark. It'll be a blink of an eye and over. It's immediate, immediate, immediate. There is an urgency behind it, and you can feel it in the text. Now, Luke is writing to a Gentile audience, and it reads sort of like Sojourner's Magazine. Do you remember that magazine? It's all about justice. It's about right relationship, it moves quickly, and it we got the beautiful Mary song today from there. And John, again, is dreamy. It's circular. It's uh, about light. And it the thing about John is that John assumes that you already know the story. So as you enter into John, you go, if you don't know the rest of the story and all you read is John, you'll be like, what? Because there's so many weird metaphors in there. Forty times, forty times the word meno shows up in John. 
M-E-N-O in the Greek means abide. This was part of Michael's uh, ordination sermon last Sunday. What does it mean to recognize that we are all called to abide just as God abides with us? We, too, abide with one another. The paraclete, paraclete, comes right alongside us, the Holy Spirit, and we know that we're not alone. It's a beautiful metaphor. <laughs> At the end of the service, I said, and just remember, Pastor Michael, the dude abides. <laughs> that was just for you, Chad. So this idea of um, John the Baptist as a voice of one calling out in the wilderness, the thing that John does over and over and over again is he says, I'm not it. The one is coming. So I want you to think about John is is the guy that's always pointing. No, it's not me. It's over here. It's Jesus. The one that is coming is Jesus. It's not me. I'm not significant. I'm the one who is shouting the way to open up your hearts so that when Jesus comes, your hearts can be broken open and Christ can enter in. John's gospel as I said, has been mishandled for thousands of years. And part of the reason why is because of this word believe. And the the word believe behind it has the should, ought, and have to. Like, you need to believe this way. You need to believe that way. And if you don't believe that way, then you're going to go to hell. Right? <laughs> Thank you, Jeannie. <clears throat> Do you know anybody who preaches like that? If you don't believe exactly the way that I believe, you are going to hell. That's actually not a thing. I know that we know people like that, but it's not actually a thing. Because belief is not something to be achieved, it's not something to get right. Instead, what if we understood belief as something that already lives and dwells within us? that it abides within us already. Not something ethereal, not something to reach for, but rather something that has already been put into us, that light of Christ. Belief is not something you get. It is the relationship you already have with the grace light that lives within each and every one of us. We, like Santa Lucia, are called to be light bearers. That's who we are. So in all of our encounters, even if they're weird, especially coming up here at Christmas, I want you to think of what does it mean to be a light bearer and to let people believe what they need to believe and just meet them where they're at. Because people are complicated, and not everybody is going to believe the same way that we believe which is we have relationship with God. Now, I came across something, man, about three weeks ago, and I think it's going to be my metaphor for the next, or, or my image, I should say, for the next 10 years of my ministry. Because the thing that makes Lutheranism so unique is the posture that we assume with it. We don't have to do anything. 
God has already done everything for us. We have a tendency to wander. And God has a tendency, a tenacity actually, to chase after us even when we wander in a different direction. So I'm going to give you an image to consider as you make your way into the new year. All right? You ready? Can you see how the shepherd is in the background? And can you see any resemblance to me as the lamb? (laughs) I don't know if you can see that, Phil. (laughs) So what we have here is a lamb not in a pasture, a lamb that's wandered off into the woods somewhere and is probably wondering, where did everybody go? Where did everybody go? But do you see the urgency in the shepherd? How the figure is bent forward and running full tilt to get that lamb. What if this is how we understood our life together as Christians? Because it's not about us. It's about God continually chasing after us even when we're a mess. God enters the mess the messy middle of our lives, the transitions of our lives, God enters in and sweeps us up and maybe in this case showers us off a bit, cradles us, and reminds us that we're not alone. And we can do that for each other. And for this good news, we can all say, Thanks be to God.